Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. <laughs> Wine. I got the glasses. You guys, I made a quiz. No, I didn't bring anything, but I'm here to have fun. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the official Broad Wasted podcast where we're drunk on theater. I'm your host, Brian Plofsk, and we're going down the rabbit hole, so drink me. This isn't the worst day of my life because I will prevail off with their heads, more like go with the flow. One night, we'll be together at home with our heroes and take a nice little walk. Once more, I can see. And if I'm finding Wonderland through the looking glass, then the Mad Hatter will say, hail the queen. Joining us today are the usual caterpillars who give advice at a mad tea party, including Kevin. I am my own invention, Jager. Aw, thanks, Bri. You're welcome. Kimberly R., welcome to Wonderland, Game Master, an unofficial babysitter. For <laughs> <laughs> uh, and with us today is a, a drama desk winner that you may have seen on Broadway in Good Vibrations, in the Heights, uh, in Wonderland, or around the country uh, in the band's visit. Her album, My Standards, is available now wherever music is be able to be gotten. That was a bad sentence. Well said. Um, thank you. <laughs> um, let's give a big, broad, wasted welcome to friend of the show. Friend of the show. Friend of the show. the most amazing intro to any podcast I have ever heard. That album was fire. That was a great album. Thank you. Oh yeah, that was a really good one. That that home song when like the oh, oh so it's much beautiful, such beautiful songs on that album. And our little Carly Rose Son and Claire has gone on to uh, do some pretty amazing things. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, uh, uh. Well, so thank nutty. you. Thank you so much for joining us. I definitely want to talk about Wonderland. I'd love to talk about In the Heights. I'd love to talk about everything, uh, your album um, especially. Um, but let's start out with what are you drinking? What are you what drinking? Am I drinking? I got a little sense of a vodka soda. With yes. Amazing. Um, Kimberly? My new weird favorite. Gin, mango soda, and a splash of mango margarita mix. Ooh. Sure. Nice. Um, right now, I just have a uh, La Croix. Uh, so fancy. Fancy water right now, but I'm going to pour myself some tequila, I think, in a second. Oh, oh Kevin. You're crazy. I know. I, <laughs> um, I don't have anything because I forgot to grab myself a drink. Um, but I've texted the upstairs people. Oh, I think they're coming now to bring me something. Oh, that would be very timing. Oh, it works! <laughs> <laughs> what am I drink? Oh, you poured it in this? Yeah, so it's cold. Oh, it was this amazing. Thank you. Um, I'm drinking black cherry vodka. Uh, no, black cherry uh, white claw, but it was poured um, in a glass with ice because these have not been in the fridge. That was, that was awesome. Right on time. Um, cool. Well, uh, uh, cheers. Thank you so much for joining us. Cheers. Thank you for having me. Of course. Um, let's get started with, what's your favorite musical? Once on this Island. Oh, I don't think anyone said that before. No. What? Yeah. What, um. So good. It's so good. What, what does it for you? What is the thing about it that just like puts it over the top? Cause you like, it's, you knew that answer. Yeah. That's a no-brainer for me. It's the music. It's just the most joyful, heartfelt score. I mean, when I'm feeling down, We Dance is my jam, and everything is better. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Um, I'm assuming, did you see the revival? I'm assuming, I yes. I did see the revival. And yeah. funny story, uh, Michael Arden, who directed the show, mm-hmm. he and I have been friends for a bit, and we, I want to say maybe... I don't know, maybe 10 years ago, we were on a hike in LA and we were just talking about how much we love this musical. 
And he was like, you know what? I would cast you as Razuli. And I was like, oh my God, that would be amazing. And so when the revival came around, I was actually doing Prince of Broadway and they asked me to come in and Leia wasn't available for the rehearsals. So I actually got to play Razuli in a part of the workshop and it was the most amazing because I played Razuli in my high school production. Cool. Really? Wow. Yes. Yes. So that was like such a beautiful full circle moment. Now how That's cool awesome. for him to like close that from the, like what he said on the hike and then it actually happened like I on know. the Broadway, like in a workshop. So That's crazy. crazy. Yeah. That's I very mean, that's cool. one of the magical things about this working in this industry and the longer you're a part of it, like <laughs> these relationships you build, you just have no idea what they're going to turn into at mm-hmm. one point or another, you know? So that was really That's cool. Awesome. Um, yeah, really cool. Where did, where did you grow up? What were like your first musicals that you saw or movie musicals that made you like fall in love with this or, or did you, you know, see something live and that kind of sparked that, that love? Yeah. The first thing that I saw was in my drama club. I want to say it was in fourth grade and they played, uh, it was like a movie day and they played West Side Story and mm. Yeah, I was that was in. <laughs> that was it. I was like, not my people. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that was the first thing that I actually saw that really grabbed my attention. Mm-hmm. And um, the thing, the first thing I saw live was Le Mis, a touring company that came around. I grew up in Los Angeles. Okay. So a, a touring company that came to LA and uh, yeah, I went with my childhood best friend and we just were gagging the entire time. Sure. Cool. Um, and then you kind of made your way up there and then you, uh, your debut is good vibrations, right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So you're, uh, so through your career, you've had some like incredible highs and some short lived, uh, uh, shows, I guess, um, talk about those. Like we, we've asked this question before, but I always like to hear from different individuals when you're in a show that kind of like experiences so much like what is considered um, success because success can be defined multiple ways, but is let's let's say financially successful or Tony successful. We'll just go by those definitions like it in the Heights and things of that nature versus something like a short lived run, like Wonderland. I think good vibrations were short as well. Right. Yeah. Um, I guess in the, in the, in the rehearsal process, in the creation process of those, is there a sense? Do you, obviously you put the same amount of work and effort into all those, but like, what is your perspective from that side of the table, from that side of the uh, um, rehearsals on what kind of translates and what doesn't to an audience or critics or, or, or the Tony committee or whatever? You know, it's so, this thing that we do is impossible all around. <laughs> it's a miracle that any musical ever happens at all because sure. there are so many factors that go into not only creating one, but then taking on the task of it actually having life outside of the creation process. So I am in awe of, I'm like just an avid theater. I'm very not critical of shows. I just like sit and love every show because I know how hard it is to make one work. And I've been on both sides of the table where Mm -hmm. it has been successful or where it hasn't had as much of a public reception as others have. So that being said, as far as the creative process goes, uh, Good Vibrations was my first Broadway musical. So I was very green, as most of the cast was. I want to say like 20 of us in the cast was our Broadway debut. And <clears throat> that cast turned out to be crazy that we right? were in that cast. That's nuts. Yes. I was so reading amazing. through the, I was reading through the, as I, as I, you know, looked through your career, I just, I always love to see what that original cast was. And it's just like, you, I think uh, Krista Rodriguez was, was Krista, also, I mean, it was just Titus like, Burgess, yeah. Arsula, I mean, it was just Chad Kimball. I mean, it was just a list of incredible young, young talent. So that's been really neat to kind of go on and see where people's lives have gone. You know, the ones that have stayed in the business of ones that have it, but that process was my first. And, um, I didn't know what it was supposed to be like. So I, we were just in love with each other and with the fact that we were doing it, you know? Yeah. And it wasn't until the show, we got word that the show wasn't doing well, that uh, we, uh, many of us came to realize that, oh, this is not 
the way it's supposed to be. You know what I mean? <laughs> sure. So it was, uh, you know, just the process of being on the ride and discovering things as you go was definitely a learning curve. Um, there was a lot that was being worked out. And again, sometimes these stories are very challenging to make clear and intelligible for audiences where there's like sure. a book that makes sense and music that, you know, especially with something like Good Vibrations where you have a canon of music that already exists. How do you build? This is the epic question, right? How do you build a yeah. book around songs that everybody knows and make it meaningful and heartfelt and poignant and all of that? So those are things that later became revelatory to me. We were in it and just having a great time. And ultimately, you know, I, and I say this about every show, theater for me is about the relationships that you built and uh, the community and how we get to go through this whole experience together. And that was certainly the case with Good Vibes. We clung on to each other and just... Enjoyed the ride for what it was, you know? Yeah. Do you do you remember your first Broadway show, like seeing a Broadway show? The first show that I saw on Broadway was Rent. <gasps> yeah. I mean. Okay. Pretty good start. <laughs> that was a pretty good start. Yeah. That was the first one that I saw. And I had a friend in the cast. Uh, I lived in Miami for quite some time. So mm -hmm. there's a little group of Miami artists that were very, very close. And uh, my friend Andy Senor was playing Angel in the production. And it was just, you know, incredible to see somebody that you know and love up there doing the thing and, and making it possible for all of us, you know. Sure. That's amazing. Um, let's, yeah. let's play a game. Yeah. Let's play a game. Okay. Let's do this. I have two. Which should we do first? The first one. <laughs> the one I wrote down first is down the rabbit hole because I'm sure we've all gone on some internet rabbit holes I also <laughs> love how obsessed we all are with Wonderland that we keep making everything Wonderland <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. love it um, anyway Brian and Kevin this game is kind of like dirty hands on a hard body okay yeah, that means nothing to you, but I'll explain it now. <laughs> Basically, we'll go around in a circle and try and go down a rabbit hole on a fictional internet. So I will start with like, you see a post of a bunny on Instagram and then come up with the next thing you might click on from there. And we'll just see okay. how silly it gets. Cool. Uh, yeah, if you can't Thing, then you're out and we'll play again without you. Okay. <laughs> sure. Very loose rules today. Love it. Um, we're all kind of different on each screen. So I'm going to say the order. It'll go Brian, me, Kevin, Janet. Got awesome. it. Work. Yep. Okay. So I start. Oh, sure. I did realize halfway through that that meant that you would start. Cool. Can you um, think of something? Yeah, so today I watched a video of a baby corgi. Uh, anytime the family opened the refrigerator, the corgi went into the refrigerator and sat down. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with that. Oh, my God. Yesterday, my dad showed me a video of these, this dad with triplets that were all just learning how to crawl, and they were all trying to get in the fridge. And when, by the time he pulled one out, the other two were in the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> Pull all the triplets out. So cute. Kevin. Um, I would Google what is the largest person to ever fit inside a fridge. And then I would Google what kind of food would the largest person to fit inside a fridge actually eat in order to become the largest person to fit inside a fridge. <laughs> okay. This game. Brian, then where? Um, then uh, I would look up recipes uh, for that food uh, that they use to fit inside the fridge. I'd probably go on New York Times or something like that. Mm. Then I'd probably go down a deep rabbit hole of compilation videos of Claire from Bon Appetit. Mm. And then I would Google, how do you spell Bon Appetit? <laughs> <laughs> And then I would, uh, 
then I would uh, know how to spell bon appetit and mail email that recipe to my mother. <laughs> um, and uh, then I would realize uh, that um, I didn't remember I, when my mom's birthday was, so I would go to Facebook and see if she posted it there. Okay, then if I'm on Jill's Facebook page. <laughs> she doesn't have one, so I'd be in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then somehow I would just be in photo albums of Brian from his freshman year in college. <laughs> okay. Um, and then... I mean, I would just look at those pictures, too, so I wouldn't do anything, so I'll take the loss. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Kevin, was- do you want to come up with one more thing? To, like, start you out? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so the new Google search, we clear our history, and then the first thing that I would do is I would pull up... Um, what did I look at? <laughs> I would watch the video of Leia Salonga doing rehearsal for her concert when she sang uh, um, Still Hurting from the last five years. Mm. And then I would continue to look up Leia Salonga's videos until I fell asleep. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's it. I think that's it. (laughs) Why would you search for anything else? (laughs) Yeah. Maybe I'd go, I'd, maybe I'd watch Mulan. There you oh go. Yeah. <laughs> that, that video of her doing like I'm Still Mulan Hurting. Is like two years old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that video of her doing I'm Still Hurting is incredible. She's just in rehearsal sitting alone on a stool. And like literally right before the song, she goes, I think I'll sit or something like that. And she sits down and then just does this number that just like rips your heart out. It's amazing. The best. So... so now that we've gone down the rabbit hole a little bit, let's talk about Wonderland. Let's just get right into it. Um, Kevin, do you have a question? You seem very excited about Wonderland. I do, because my brother, uh, who lives in Chicago now, for a while he lived in Tampa. So he was actually, um, he went to your out-of-town tryout. Cool. Uh, he took a girl to show that he was, like, artsy, too. He's like, my brother, <laughs> show it's going to Broadway. So, like, so cute. Yeah, and they they loved it. They had a lot of fun. I love that. I think the show's great. I love that there's like a random number that's like a Backstreet Boys number for the the nights. And that was like a big hit with the audience. Uh, it was like literally. It was just like every boy band dream wrapped up through a musical theater song. It's great. Yeah. And between like you and Kate Schindel, just like belting your faces off. <laughs> it's 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 amazing. Uh, what was that process like? Because you've had multiple things in your career where you've like started out at like the the beginning with the show and seeing it grow. And I know that Wonderland went through significant changes between Tampa and Broadway, correct? Yeah, that's right. Yes. Um, <clears throat> I came on to Wonderland. I think they had already done a handful of readings of the show. And uh, I was introduced to Bank Wildhorn through another Miami friend. And um, he, you know, we had worked on some demos for another musical and he asked me to come in and, and, you know, it worked out. And, uh, Yes, we were in Houston for a while. Then we made our way to Tampa, and that was uh, we got a good sort of grounding for the show there. <clears throat> but when we moved uh, up to New York, they decided that they wanted to make more changes, and they were very significant changes. There was one day when I came in, we were in tech, and <laughs> they were in the middle of all these rewrites, and they hand me like 72 pages of rewrites. They're like, do you think these can go in tonight? <laughs> and it was like the hardest. It's like, and change this and to or. Little line to this, you know, oh. like impossible to memorize. Yeah. But, you know, that's also part of the process. It's like you have to just be game to try and play and figure it out as you go. You know, scary thing is that you're in front of a live audience while you're doing it. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, that's part of the thrill and part of what's so amazing about creating a character, you know, and creating a new show. It's 
trying to find the way to most clarity. And I think, I, I think like a lot of actors, like, I think they, they realize this, but like audiences also enjoy knowing that they're like a part of seeing that process happen. Like when yeah. Brian and I went and saw Scotland PA off Broadway, like one of their first previews, uh, they announced that they had just rewritten the lyrics to an entire song, like two hours before the performance. And so they were like, so just so you know, the actor will be holding, like it's written on like a piece of paper that looks like a napkin. So like he'll be holding it, he'll do his best to act through it so you'll get a great performance, but like, please excuse us, it's the second preview. And that was one of the cool, like I'll never forget that, that experience of like knowing that I was a part of like him trying that for the first time. Yeah, it's pretty thrilling. It's pretty thrilling. And you know, it's scary for sure, but uh, that's part of fun, you know? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. But then to reverse that, what was it like to then take on a role in a national tour of a musical that everyone loved and it just kind of took on a lot of like Tony love and everyone was talking about it and then you're taking on that role? With the band's visit? Yes. Um, well, this is like a dream role. So I was just like, I can't believe that I get to play this part, quite honestly. It's just such a beautifully written show and um you know I it was a funny process stepping into the show because it had already been on tour and I was taking over for Shalina who who was leaving and uh, I had two weeks in the rehearsal room alone with David Cromer just like the encyclopedia of the band's visit itself so that was really incredible to just sit with him and a few other people in the room uh, and work through the show and make it my own. And he was just so lovely about being open to different ways of approaching things. And we had some really beautiful conversations about the piece and everything it had gone through. And uh, so it was thrilling and so exciting. And having that very intimate time with him was really such a gift to get a full understanding outside of what I already knew about the show. so yeah, when I stepped in, the cast was incredibly warm and lovely and receptive. And um, it was just a very easy transition. It, it's a very cultural show, obviously. And that culture is something not particularly the Israeli culture uh, or the Jewish culture, but the Cuban Latin culture. It's They're both very family oriented. And so that presence is very much alive in that touring company. So they, so they just like welcomed me with open arms and we would have like a Friday night Shabbos dinner and pray together. And, you know, there are things that are new to me in some capacity, but also very familiar in another. Uh, so it seemed like a pretty easy transition in. And then to be playing opposite, um, oh my gosh, why is my name, his name blanking? Uh, the character who plays Tupik, uh, wow, Janet DeCall, what is happening? Sasanka Bay. Oh, yes. <laughs> who, uh, originated the role in the movie. Which yeah. Just like, it's the most amazing thing. Oh, yeah, we saw, I saw him, did I see him with you, Brian, on Broadway? No, I saw, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, because we saw both. We saw Tony Shalhoub. I only saw once. You saw it with Kimberly. Oh, yeah. Kimberly and I saw Tony Shalhoub, and then I saw it with uh, the man from the movie as well. And, I mean, he was brilliant. Yeah. Um, I have a question. Um, I guess sometimes we do something called stage door stories. Stage door stories. As somebody who has toured but on Broadway, played a role on Broadway that people know from their childhood books and then them seeing a new interpretation of it with Alice. Um, do you have any stage door stories that you remember of people coming up to the stage door or or anything funny or heartfelt or something that, like, you know, you you definitely share uh, with the fans or, or something like that? What um, Anything that kind of pops into your head? 
Well, particularly with Alice, uh, because it's a story that so many know, uh, it was always very heartwarming to see the kids and how mm. excited they were to to meet uh, the leads in the show, you know, and mm-hmm. the fact that I don't look like your traditional Alice, yeah. obviously, was something that they felt was kind of cool and different. And um, yeah, I mean, those exchanges with those children and just the fact that they love the theater and would make their parents stick around for an autograph afterward, it's always just so humbling and, and so incredibly sweet. For sure. Um, now, um, sometimes stage doors are on tour, sometimes they're on Broadway, but are there stage doors in Tuesdays in the, in the corner, corner with Kevin? Kevin. <laughs> yes! Man, the magic is not there over Zoom. No, That's not on Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> so, Janet, welcome to Tuesdays in the Corner with Kevin. This is Kevin's Corner, where um, I today have some rapid-fire either-or questions for you. Where I'll give okay. you two things, and you have to pick one and just give a brief explanation of why you picked that thing. Okay. All right, here we go. You ready? Ready. First one, Batman or Superman? Oh, Superman. Why? Because of that swirly hair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's going to be fun. Cereal or oatmeal? Cereal. Not a like, warm breakfast person? Yeah, it's more like I enjoy Cheerios at like midnight. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> uh, coffee or tea? Coffee, hands down. I'm Cuban. <laughs> it's like part of my blood. Oh, duh. <laughs> uh, ocean or lake? Ocean for sure. I want to die living Ocean in for shore. <laughs> oh, I love that. Uh, classic or modern? Classic modern? Yes. Classic with like modern flares. Yes. <laughs> Got it. 1920 style or 1960 style? 1920 style for sure. Uh, ro- yeah. Road trip or cruise? Cruise. Because of the ocean, for sure. <laughs> uh, chocolate or vanilla? Chocolate. I mean, that's a no-brainer, right? Dark, Everyone. actually. Dark chocolate. Oh. To be more specific. Look at you. <laughs> <laughs> butter or cream cheese? And butter. Me it too. Goes, yeah, I think it goes better with most things. Uh, Mary Poppins or Nanny McPhee? Mary Poppins, classic. Well, I guess I am more classic than modern. <laughs> uh, Calvin or Hobbes? Eh, Calvin. Because Calvin. Yeah. Ball. What was that? Because Calvin Ball. <laughs> yes. uh, Tigger or Piglet? Oh, Piglet is so cute. Oh, Piglet is the sweetest. Uh, Dame Judy Dench or Dame Maggie Smith? Dame Judy Dench. <laughs> Ooh. I mean, yes. I would probably say that too, yeah. Yeah, I think I would go that way too. Sir Patrick Stewart or Sir Ian McKellen? Sir Ian McKellen. Yeah, amen. I love Patrick <laughs> Stewart, but Ian McKellen is hilarious. Yeah. Uh, the Kardashians or the Desperate Housewives? Desperate Housewives. I'm going to say they're a little bit more entertaining for me. <laughs> Wait, you mean Real Housewives? Oh, right. I meant the real housewife. <laughs> no, <the real> housewife. <laughs> I was like, Hatcher. I was Yeah, I was like, Terry Hatcher? Yeah, exactly. Whoops. Uh, Jack the White Knight or Tufik Zakaria? Tufik. Oh, yeah. Yes. And the last one, Kevin's Corner or any other corner that doesn't happen to be Kevin's Corner? <laughs> Kevin's Corner, because there is an aquarium involved. <laughs> and this is Big Kevin's Corner. Well Yay. done. <laughs> so, Janet, I would love to talk about your album. Um, you don't have to talk about it, but I'll definitely talk about it. <laughs> okay. Um, so, for those of you listening who don't know, uh, her new album is out called My Standards. It features uh, jazz classics with a Cuban American flair, um, some guests on there, like Javier Munoz um, of uh, In the Heights Hamilton fame as well. Um, I guess uh, let's talk a little bit about that. What inspired it? Why did you want to put it out there? What, what does it mean to you? What do you want people to feel from it? 
this album <clears throat> has been a long time coming for me. Um, my parents are Cuban. They left Cuba seeking political asylum where they didn't have opportunities and their whole thing. Every, all I heard growing up is your job is to make your dreams come true and live a happy life because we couldn't. So when you have that in your ear all the time, it certainly makes it easier to try and, you know, be uh, a little bit more courageous because you have that sort of support underneath you and sure. coming from such dire circumstances, um, they just wanted better for my brothers and I. And so <clears throat> my house was filled with all kinds of music growing up, but Definitely the Cuban Celia Cruz was playing pretty much all the time. <laughs> and so, you know, I grew up with this sort of amalgamation of sounds and um, I really just wanted, it's Cuban culture is such a big part of who I am and I, I very much identify with it. And uh, in addition to that, I have a huge affinity for jazz music. So, and the standards. So, you know, this just sort of made a lot of sense in my head. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, when, we, when I started sort of coming, coming up with the arrangements for this, it became more and more clear because there are so many subdivisions of the Cuban music genre that we could really play with those within the songs that we chose yeah. that are in the American songbook. And so I wanted to pay tribute and homage to my parents for the great opportunities that they've afforded me and have something that really truly represents who I am and the music that I love in all of the facets. So that's how this kind of all came to be. Um, what do you want people to feel when they listen to it? Do you, what do you, do you want them to learn something? What's kind of, what's, what's a little bit of your intention behind it? Well, I mean, ultimately... I want them to feel joy. I want them mm -hmm. to put that album on and dance and have a good time. It's music that most people already know and having a different spin and a different take on these standards uh, makes it a little easier to, uh, to reach people because they're familiar with it in some capacity, but the, the arrangements are so killer and I'm so incredibly proud of them. That's awesome. uh, so I just, I want people to enjoy it. And especially at a time like this, it's a real opportunity to sort of get swept away. It's very romantic and at times a little sexy and it's really, again, the arrangements are incredible. So yeah, I wanted to transport people to another place, especially when we need it now more than sure. ever, I feel like. Definitely. That's definitely true. Um, after the episode, for those of you listening, um, we're going to play a, uh, one of the tracks from the album. Um, but I'll let you choose. Do you want us to play Fever or I've Got, I Got Rhythm? Fever. Okay. So if you keep continuing listening after this episode, you'll hear Fever uh, from, her, um, from her album, My Standards. So enjoy yes. that. Um, but uh, I'd love to talk, let's switch gears a little bit. Um, and in the Heights, such a big part of New York and your career and, and everything. Um, you won the Drama Desk, which is the coolest thing ever. Um, I guess when you think of that experience, that show, what's the first thing that pops into your head, like looking back on that experience and that, that part of your life? It's one of the happiest times of my life. And those people are my family. Mm. I mean, that's just what it is. What people received from the stage is so genuine and real. And I think the reason why it was so well received is because the true love and sense of family that lives, continues to live within that company is just, it's very real. It's very real. So uh, yeah, it's just one of the happiest times of my life for sure. That's awesome. Um, we, uh, um, we are, uh, once the library opens up, we're supposed to watch the original, uh, cast. So we're very amazing. Um, we did a, we did a, um, uh, we did like a March madness bracket. Kimberly, you want to explain it? We did a March madness bracket say of like all the different, uh, I don't remember what our categories were, but just all different shows you can watch at the library and everyone on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter had to vote and in the Heights won. No way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Line, like through the entire thing there were like 40 other options and then oh my God. but then the library's closed so yeah, oh, then, boo. The library, so 
Well, they're very close, and the and the movie got moved, so we're, yeah. we're gonna we're floating our way through. It. <laughs> the original company twice, and I sat front row at Thirty Seven Arts. Oh my gosh! Wow. And I pre-ordered the cast album at Intermission. Oh my gosh, that's amazing! It was like, yeah, I always count that as one of the best times I've ever had in the theater because I didn't know anything about the show. My mom dragged me of all people to see this. And I was wow. just like, mom, this is the best. <laughs> like, this Aww. is the best. I love that you had that experience with your mom. Yeah. My mom's obsessed with it too. <laughs> um, should we play a game, Kimberly? Sure. You know, speaking of In the Heights, we can play a game called No Me Diga. Oh, <laughs> I like it. Wait, wait, don't tell me. Trivia. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I have a pile of Lights of Broadway show cards. Ooh. So what I'll do is I'll pick one out. I won't show it. And then I will read up from the trivia on the back a trivia question. And then you just, whoever can sort of ding, ding in first to tell me who okay. gets it. So there are shows and people in the okay. pile. Okay. Okay. And I'll try, I'll skip anyone that's too hard. Okay. Ready. Did you know the the show originally featured the song Temper Temper, where the children's toys came to life, but was later replaced by playing the game? Oh, ding, ding, ding. It's Mary Poppins. Mary Poppins. Oh. Oh, I'm, a, I'm a nanny. I'm a nanny McPhee guy. Because <laughs> <laughs> she gets pretty at the end. I've never seen it. <laughs> oh, really? it's a good it's sweet. What I next? I don't think oh, I need to. Hey guys, it's so cute. All right. Let's see. Did you know? Blank is an alumnus of Oberlin Conservatory of Music where he majored in percussion and studied conducting with the Atlanta Symphony. Is this a conductor? Is this someone on the musical side? An actor? Yes. Most recently hip thrusting as the bard in Something Rotten. Blank has created roles in revivals. Oh, Christian Borle? Ding, 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 ding. Christian Borle? Nope. And new work. Oh, ding, 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 ding. Brian Darcy James. Nope. Lennon, High Fidelity, The Story of My Life. Oh, ding, 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 ding. Will Chase. Yes, Will Chase. Will Chase. That's impressive. Yeah, did I did not get that. answered three times? I dinged, I dinged each time. You dinged, you dinged again. All okay. Right. Did you know rehearsal scripts show Rose's line was originally count four before you start, Louise, instead of sing out, Louise? Ding, ding, ding. Kevin. Oh, wait, Dan, did you ding too? Yeah. Go ahead. Kevin. It's Gypsy. It's Gypsy. Yeah. That's a nice card. It's a good card. Okay. <clears throat> did you know? Blank has returned to Broadway in 2016 as Suge Avery in the acclaimed revival of The Color Purple. Ding, ding, ding. Heather Headley? No. Let's see. Did you know, having won a Grammy for her part in the original Dreamgirls cast album, her second studio album, Say You Love Me, won her a second Grammy for her rendition of Duke Ellington's classic, Come Sunday. Read the whole back. Yes, Kevin? Is it Jennifer Hudson? Nope. Oh, it's Jennifer Holiday. Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, every time you said, did you know, I think you're going to say, did you know the human head weighs eight pounds? <laughs> <laughs> There's a girl in our Zoom dance classes that we're doing, and it's her favorite thing to do, is to unmute herself and go, did you know it's my dad's birthday? <laughs> Random facts about her own life. Did you know, 
I saw a manatee today. (laughs) (laughs) He's my favorite. Okay. Did you know? At the 1964 Tonys, the show and star Carol Channing beat Funny Girl and Streisand, but Streisand would go on to star in the film adaptation. Ding, ding, ding. Hello, Dolly. Yeah. Next, did you know? Oh, these are very obvious. Did you know? Original music director Paul Gemignani's son, Alexander, played the Beatle in the 2005 revival. Ding, 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 ding. I can't tell. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I almost said metamorphosis. (laughs) Oh, Brian. Why? Okay. The beat, like the actual beat. (laughs) Uh, 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 uh. Or Lennon. Here's one that I think is fun. Did you know? He credits Maxwell Caulfield's character in the movie Grease 2 for his signature pompadour hairstyle. I have no idea. Also, no one should be be watching Grease 2 anymore. He appeared in Amy Adams' first TV commercial, Wait, a Janet, ad in Greece. Jenna, did you say something? I said I agree. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea who this is. Okay, I'll read the beginning of his card. After lead roles in Hairspray and Jersey Boys, Blank originated the role of pompous Elder Price in the Book of Mormon. Andrew Reynolds? Yes. But it's Grease too for his hair. Wow. Could you imagine? Could you imagine? We Janet, we just watched that for the podcast. So Did we're, you? We're yeah, we just, we just experienced Grease 2 for the first time. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> she was the last cast member to come on board for Hamilton off Broadway. I have no idea. I can see ding, the card. Ding, wait, ding, ding, ding. Yeah. Was it Philip Sue? No. Mm. <clears throat> Let's see. She graduated from LaGuardia High School, Berkeley College of Music, and the Neighborhood Playhouse, then ding, joined the library. Yes. Jasmine Cephas Jones? Yes. Yay. Yes. Okay, last one. Did you know? Mm-hmm. There are two that are fun. Did you know, after her death in 1984, Sammy Davis Jr. and Liza Minnelli led There's No Business Like Show Business at the Academy Awards in her honor? Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. Ethel Merman? Yeah. Nice. Wow. There's it. no business like show business. I've listened to that Annie Get Your Gun album a quadrillion times. <laughs> My mom had it on cassette tape. So we, I, I like, I grew up listening to that, that warbly amazing wow. bell. Classic. Um, <laughs> well, that was, uh, that was fun. I like that one. That was hard. Yeah, that was fun. Ding, ding, dinging is hard on Zoom. was <laughs> 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 <is> actually first. <laughs> <laughs> we should have like clicked the raise your hand. Thing. Internet is better. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess. Um, what do you? What? What? You know, we're in a quarantine. Like, what? What have you been watching? What have you been doing? What's? What's kind of? What's your thing? What's your go-to thing to kind of keep us uh, sane? Well, uh, I was in Pittsburgh when this whole thing kind of got shut down, mm-hmm. and I had given up my apartment in New York for the tour. Sure, sure. So uh, my my parents were elderly there in Orlando, Florida. So we came down here and we've been at this great little uh, Airbnb, but now it's time to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the NBA is so coming to town. It's time to, well, at least get out of this place because we're near downtown. So mm-hmm. I have been in the throes of looking for a more permanent place so i actually do go down a rabbit hole of looking for houses in the orlando area 
Dang, that's so crazy. Yeah, it's cuckoo. But it's also kind of fun, you know, yeah. just to because there's so much space for so little money. Mm. I know. <laughs> uh, 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 uh. Are you sure this is what this costs? There's a washer and a dryer. <laughs> what are um, your clothes and your dishes? <laughs> <laughs> um, what? Um, so you were in Pittsburgh when the tour was postponed. Yeah. So what was, well, I guess, what was that like? Were, had you already been doing shows in Pittsburgh? Were you ready to open in Pittsburgh? What was kind of that experience? Yeah, we had just gone to Pittsburgh. We had done two shows. So the show got, we were just literally waiting for the mayor to call it. Mm-hmm. We didn't know when our last performance was going to be. I think it was on a Thursday night. And then we got uh, an email Friday morning saying, we're looking at flights. Everyone's going home. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that was how, basically it. How long had you been performing the role? I started in uh, January. Okay. Yeah, and so that was like March 12th, I want to say. Yeah, so you had like two and a half months of, of, yeah. of being Dina. That's great. Yeah. At least, I mean, yeah. that's, oh man, that, that role is so good. I'm so happy you, I would have loved to have seen you do that role. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Well, hopefully it'll come back and yeah, for sure. We'll be able to continue our little adventure. For Absolutely. Sure. Um, well, thank you so much for joining us. This was so much Guys, fun. This is a blast. You're so fun. Thank you for having uh, me. Oh, please, our pleasure. Um, uh, we ha- remember you can listen to her uh, album, My Standards. Um, again, Fever is going to play right after uh, we sign off here. You can obviously. Uh, l- we would highly suggest you also looking for the Wonderland original cast album um, uh, to um, listen to those. Um, okay. And um, and then I also want to give a random separate from all this. I want to give a shout out to Teresa Hill. Welcome to Patreon, Teresa Hill. Thanks so I'm much for joining that. our Patreon family. Um, but um, you can follow us on things like Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at uh, Broadwasted. Um, and uh, you can find uh, this episode and more information about uh, Janet there. Um, and then, um, uh, you know, you can find us on Spotify, iTunes, rate and review us there. Five, Five stars, stars, please. please. Thank you. <laughs> and as a reminder, you can find my standards there. I listen to it on Spotify. Um, you can obviously get it on iTunes, wherever, as I said earlier, wherever music can be gotten. Um, <laughs> But, uh, of course, uh, wouldn't it be nice if we were older that we wouldn't have to wait so long? And wouldn't it be nice to live together in the kind of world where we belong? That's, uh, wouldn't it be nice, uh, featured in Good Vibrations? Wow. Uh, How appropriate. But, uh, thank you so much for joining us. We had a blast. Thank we hope you, you had a good time. Um, we're so happy to have had you. You're welcome back whenever you want. Maybe we'll do this oh in person gosh, one day. Oh, my gosh, I would day. love to. Yeah, we'll ah. have a drink in person one day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But we'll raise a glass um, and we'll say, uh, from Greece one. Cheers. Thanks so much. So much.
Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists, what they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. There's enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening? Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise. <laughs> 